We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast for a total eclipse of the sun. You've got questions, he's got answers. Even though we may not understand, he'll talk anyway. You've got problems, he won't solve them. But he'll talk and talk and talk until he's blue in the face. Science, faith, and life. Welcome to Ask Science Mike, the once again weekly podcast where I answer your questions about science, faith, and life. This week is all about the total solar eclipse happening in the United States, August 21st, 2017, because you've asked me so many questions about it. So uh, what do you say? Let's get eclipsy and get it started. Okay, two super cool announcements right at the top. The first one is, uh, you know, just the normal one I do every show, reminding you of events. Uh, The Liturgist Gathering is happening in Los Angeles, September 15th, October 6th in Boston, and October 27th in Seattle, Washington. And uh, Seattle is uh, just about sold out, so you should go ahead and get tickets if you're thinking about it. Boston looks like it's probably going to sell out. L.A. is is lagging behind pretty significantly, which is funny to me, uh, since L.A. is our biggest download market by far. But, you know, in L.A., people, they'll buy tickets and not show up because they found a great taco stand, and everybody's kind of commit-phobic, so they're not sure if they want to book tickets this far out. So I'm hoping we'll get more L.A. ticket sales as the event gets closer to happening. Uh, but anyway, the Liturgist Gathering, it's an amazing experience. We're going to get together. We're going to do a podcast live. We're going to do some weird, strange, innovative, compelling worship experiences. Uh, we're going to talk. You're going to meet other listeners of the Liturgist Podcast. Tons of fun. Love to see you there. For my friends in the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland, I'll be headed your way in October for an Ask Science Mike live tour happening in London and Birmingham and Edinburgh. So I'll also be at the Rubicon Conference in Dublin, Ireland. So you can learn more about all those events uh, at AskScienceMike.com. Just click on the events tab to learn more. The second and genuinely super cool announcement this week is I get a lot of Bible questions on the show. And I don't always feel qualified to answer them, quite frankly, because you ask me really difficult questions about historical interpretations, um, about archaeological evidence, all kinds of things that I can look up and I read a lot about, but I, I don't know nearly as well as I know just general sciencey stuff. And so recently we did a show called Ask BioLogos, where some scientists from BioLogos came on the show and answered your questions about evolution. And I wanted to do something like that again, only this time. The Dr. Peter Inns is going to answer your Bible questions on this show. So if you have a question about the Bible you'd like Pete Inns to address, just use hashtag AskBiblePete on Twitter, or when you send in a recorded question or a written question on AskScienceMike.com, just include hashtag AskBiblePete in your question, and we'll consider it for that episode. When will that episode be? When you send in enough questions for me to send 
uh, some to the patrons for selection, and then on to Pete himself uh, for the show. So again, hashtag Ask Bible Pete. Uh, I wonder if I can convince Jeb to record an Ask Bible Pete version of the theme song. That would be super fun. Uh, That's all the announcements I've got, so let's go to our special edition Eclipse show. Okay, so there's quite a backlog of questions on the program. (laughs) I've been moving across the country and doing these kind of weird episodes, and I had planned to just do a normal show this week with a poll and everything, but uh, then I noticed that my social media timeline and the Ask Science Mike inbox is just clogged with questions about eclipses and specifically the solar eclipse that's happening across the continental United States, August 21st, 2017. So I thought it would be fun to do a show just about eclipses. And the most logical question to start with so that we understand clearly, is like, what is an eclipse? Well, the sun is the origin of light in our solar system, by far the most powerful source of illumination. And uh, things that have light cast on them cast shadows behind them. And so an eclipse is when, because of their alignment, one celestial body falls into the shadow of another, okay? And when we have eclipses, they can be different kinds of eclipses. You can have a lunar eclipse, or you can have a solar eclipse. Now, those are kind of strange names. They both involve the sun and the moon. It's a matter of who is um, being shadowed. So in a lunar eclipse, the moon passes into the Earth's shadow. And when we have a solar eclipse, the Earth passes into the moon's shadow. Okay? Uh, That may not make a lot of sense on a podcast, but the Internet will have lots of pictures. If you Google that, you'll understand it pretty much instantly. Obviously, lunar eclipses... Uh, make a lot of sense because we have this big giant planet and a smaller moon. And so sometimes the moon goes behind our planet and it goes dark and sometimes turns red because uh, our atmosphere is great at scattering blue light, but red light passes through our atmosphere pretty easily. And so uh, the sun's light as it bends around the earth makes it to the moon and the moon turns red in the most dramatic lunar eclipses. Uh, and we have those quite often, actually. Um, but solar eclipses are more rare. Um, and we'll talk about why in just a minute. But first, let's talk about why they work at all. Um, because an odd thing is that a solar eclipse happens at all. The moon is so much smaller than the sun. About 400 times smaller than the sun. So if you would imagine, you know, taking a, let's say a grape and holding it in front of a bowling ball, it's ridiculous. Like a grape wouldn't block out a bowling ball unless the grape was very close to your eye, 
where the bowling ball was very far away. And that's exactly what happens here. Even though the sun is like 400 times bigger than the moon, it's also about 400 times farther away. So by total coincidence, the sun and the moon appear about the same size in the night sky. There's basically four types of solar eclipses. When you have a total solar eclipse, this is uh, when the sun gets blocked out completely by the moon. But you can also have an annular eclipse. And this is when the moon goes in front of the sun, but you can still see the sun around it. And this happens because the moon's orbit is ecliptical. It's not uh, a circle. It's It's more of an oval. So its distance from the Earth changes. And that's enough to change the apparent size of the moon compared to the sun. So when you have an annular eclipse, you don't get a total eclipse. You don't, for example, see the corona of the sun in a dramatic fashion. Okay, You can have a, a hybrid eclipse, which is a mix of an annular and total eclipse. And they are uh, comparatively rare. And then you can have a partial eclipse. And that's just where... Uh, The moon passes before the sun, but you still see a lot of the sun. And depending on where you are in the United States, you will either see a total eclipse of the sun, a total eclipse of the heart, anyway, uh, or you will see a partial eclipse. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second and why. So obviously, total solar eclipses are the most dramatic and also some of the most rare. You know, we have solar and lunar eclipses every year. So why is this a big deal? Uh, Well, first of all, you're way more likely to see a lunar eclipse because they're visible everywhere it's night during the eclipse. And the totality, the period where the Earth is completely, or the moon is completely within the Earth's shadow, lasts hours. But solar eclipses are only visible on small paths across the Earth's surface. And the totality of those events only lasts a few minutes. And that's why people are so excited about the eclipse happening on August 21st, because this path of totality just tracks across the entire continental United States. And in fact, some degree of solar eclipse will be visible everywhere in the United States, assuming you don't have cloud cover. And that's a real bummer. Some people uh, are going to miss this event because of clouds. Now, you may you may ask, the moon orbits the Earth every single month. So why don't we have an eclipse every month? Wouldn't, wouldn't the, the moon pass into the Earth's shadow like every 29 and a half days? And wouldn't Uh, the sun fall into the moon's shadow every 29 and a half days? Well, you would think that, except for one little tweak. The moon's orbit is tilted right about 5 degrees when compared to the Earth. Okay, So that, that tilt's not much, but it's enough that most of the time things don't line up well enough to cause an eclipse. Now, because of that tilt... There's, you've got two intersecting planes, basically, um, and with, a, with a, an, an ellipse circumscribing one of the planes. Uh, so that means there's two nodes, there's two points where the 
moon's orbit lines up with the Earth's orbit around the sun. And that means we have a handful of lunar and solar eclipses every year. But the total eclipses are more rare, especially total solar eclipses. And solar eclipses, as I've said, um, because of the orbital mechanics, they don't last very long and they're not visible um, broadly. Um, it's it's quite rare that something like a, a big populous nation like North America all gets to see an eclipse at the same time. Kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, and so that's why this is so exciting. Now you might ask, like, what will I see? And what you see depends on where you are in the United States. Now, I'll have a link to a map on AskScienceMike.com provided by NASA that will help you understand what the eclipse will be like in your area. If you're in most of the United States, you'll see a partial solar eclipse. You'll see a dark disk obscure part of the sun and it will be cool. <laughs> it will be cool. A partial solar eclipse is cool. But if you uh, are in the path of the total solar eclipse, and this is a path that begins in Oregon, and it's a line that kind of comes across the entire United States diagonally from Oregon to South Carolina a 70-mile-wide path of totality, you'll see a total solar eclipse. So it'll begin as a partial solar eclipse, like everyone else sees, but then there will be a moment that lasts, depending on where you are, from you know uh, maybe a minute 45 to maybe two and a half minutes, where uh, the sun is completely blocked by the moon. And you'll see the sun's corona appear around the moon. I've never seen this. Uh, I've seen video of it, but I've never seen it myself. I've heard this is a quite dramatic sight. In fact, one of the most beautiful and dramatic things you can see in astronomy. Um, so this would be worth traveling to if you're somewhere near this line. I personally am going to travel to Portland and uh, hook up with some friends and we're going to drive south into the line of totality to experience the eclipse. And uh, we'll record our reactions and share them with you on a show following August 21st. That's going to be really exciting. But a few things you need to know if you're going to watch the eclipse that day. One, we're talking about the sun here. Staring at the sun is bad for your eyes. So you need special glasses to view the eclipse. So I'll have a, a link to some glasses on Amazon. They're out of stock right now. They're supposed to be in stock um, soon after this episode airs. And so you could go place an order for some eclipse glasses that are very, 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 very dark lenses that allow you to safely observe the sun. Uh, but it's not just your eyes that can be at risk. You really don't want to point your camera or your smartphone at the eclipse because you could damage your equipment. You definitely don't want to use binoculars 
or a telescope to view this event because you'll damage your equipment and permanently blind yourself. If you have a solar telescope, that's one thing, but most telescopes are not designed to observe the sun. And, and this is really important, if you're going to make a road trip out of this to see the eclipse, understand that a lot of people are going to make road trips that day as well. Uh, roads could be extremely congested, travel could be slow, and parts of the country, food and fuel could become scarce. So you want to be prepared uh, basically to camp and backpack if necessary. So you want to have some food supplies on you, you want some fresh water, and just just be safe. Be safe if you're going to travel into the line of totality. Experts are saying that some parts of the country could experience anywhere from 10 to 25 times their normal population during this event. Uh, so be safe out there. I will tell you, from everything I've read and studied and everyone I've talked to, uh, a partial eclipse is cool, but a total eclipse is rapturous. It is stunning. So it might, if, if you're in good health, if you can afford the time off work, this, this is really kind of a bucket list moment for people who are interested in the sky and astronomy. And even people who aren't. Um, I saw some footage of people watching the eclipse a few years ago in Europe, and you could hear people um, cheering and exclaiming, uh, you know, just joy at what they saw. So I'm going to go see it. If you're thinking about doing the same, just be prepared. And that means having a travel plan, having supplies, and definitely having glasses with which to observe the eclipse. Now, an interesting thing about the glasses, and we'll end the episode here. If you're in the path of the total eclipse, you want to keep your glasses on as you view the eclipse. But once the total eclipse starts, you actually want to lift your glasses and look at the sun with the naked eye. And then just as soon as totality overs, you want to drop the glasses back down on your eyes to protect your sight. Um, but I, I'm told, I understand that totality is actually so dark and you'll feel, uh, you'll feel the day get cooler when totality begins. It'll be quite dramatic. Um, but totality is, is dim enough uh, that you won't pick up all the details through solar glasses. You'll actually need to look with the naked eye. And, and just be careful, right? You, you, don't, you don't stare at the sun. Let your eyes be your guide. Um, and like I say, totality doesn't last very long, so you want those glasses handy to pop right back down on your eyes. And uh, I think it's going to be really cool. And I'm so excited that many of you, so many of you, are excited as well, excited enough to send in questions. And I hope I've gotten all uh, everything you wanted to know about the Eclipse covered in the show. If not, uh, just go ahead and tweet me or leave a comment on my Facebook page. And I'll try to patrol that more closely for Eclipse questions in the next couple of weeks. Happy hunting, everyone. I hope no matter where you are, you take some time to be outside with special glasses or a pinhole camera to view the Eclipse on August 21st, 2017. 
I want to thank my patrons on Patreon for making this show possible uh, and for, frankly, being so lenient as I've moved my family across the country. And uh, (laughs) thanks for still helping me survive during that period. We're returning the show to a normal schedule now. So if you'd like to join my patrons, uh, the folks who make this show possible, just go to AskScienceMike.com, click on the Patreon button, and you can learn about what the options are and how you can throw a dollar or five dollars a month my way and keep this show going. I deeply appreciate it. I want to thank Andrew Galecki for all of his uh, pre-production work. And I want to, of course, thank Greg Nordine uh, for producing Ask Science Mike. The theme song for this show was written, recorded, and performed by Jeb Bodiford. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I will talk to you next week.